<laughs> oh dear. Hi, listeners. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast with Paul. <laughs> We've got interesting insights guaranteed, and it's time to increase your emotional intelligence. Are we up for increasing our emotional intelligence, listeners? Let's have lots of joy and fun and excitement for sure. Hey, I've got some really special guests along the way. Interesting people, really challenging ideas and challenging conversations. It's going to be amazing. You can learn more about what to do, why to do what to do, and what to do about it all. (laughs) So much fun becoming self-aware, motivated, alive, learning new ways to see the world. Hey everybody, welcome to Podcast with Paul. Uh, Thank you everyone, it's time for the great Mark Fonz again. It's episode four. Thanks everyone. You're addicted to buying bargains and you ring me up sometimes and say you would not believe what I've just bought. And then I go to your house And you've got all these things and you can't help buying because it's good value. It's stopped. It's <laughs> Technically it's stopped. Good. Yeah. How did you manage that? So what happened was, this is my therapy, I guess, in a way. <laughs> okay. So I do see value in everything mm. and I had a, a warehouse at Unley that I stocked up with things. a lot of crap. Right? <laughs> I think a bit of a hoarding was going on, I don't know. So, um, And this is a good opportunity to talk about how wonderful my wife is. <laughs> Good opportunity to declare the truth. <laughs> so what happened was Tracy's not been happy with me having this cluttery, old, dusty old um, warehouse. Uh, sitting there. Sitting there with a lot of crap in it. <laughs> so um, the truth is going to be a lot she, of crap in there. We hired a um, – uh, we got this beautiful uh, general manager, Nick Duffield, to join the company and he needed an office and we needed a – a retail slash office outlet um, that was befitting of the way that the business was moving into more of a corporate brand. And so the the shed wasn't going to work anymore. But I loved the Unley shed. I just loved it. But when we actually had to move, we realised there was a lot of stuff in there that couldn't come across with us. So we had a, an auction and we sold pretty much everything and I got nothing for it. I might as well just tipped everything into the bin. <laughs> <laughs> it was thousands of dollars worth I of know. stuff. That was and just, it just doesn't go because people don't yeah. want it. And then you go, okay. It's timing. $25, yeah. $75. What? Mm. That's worth like yeah, $2,000. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was amazing <sighs> what, what, what we sold and what mm. we didn't get for it. Mm. So now we moved into a big HQ down at Salisbury. And it's a proper retail outlet, and I've had to let go of a lot of stuff that mm. I was holding on to. Mm. So uh, the main the, at the same time we were doing the move, my mum died yeah. in March this year. So it was a, a, tra- a traumatic event for us because she's been a constant in our lives. Uh, mm. and, and then to also have to deal with the fact that I couldn't hold on to her house. Yeah, uh, my bro- my brother wanted to sell the house, which is in hindsight, is actually the smartest thing to do because yeah. of the uh, laws associated with uh, capital gains tax on a on a property. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you've got, got to let it go. Yeah, we couldn't hold on to it no. uh, feasibly. It's too confusing. So we sold it. We went halves in the estate, and that's um, uh, all being finalised at the moment. The 
opportunity to let go of so many things mm. that were in my life that was so constant has been very challenging, difficult. challenging. Yeah. However, it can also be the place where it's opening up the book or the chapter to new, to new arising, but arising. But you go, okay, letting things go. Like I, <laughs> I try to say in my meditation, sometimes the holding on to things that maybe are not actually helpful for us, but mm. we want to hold on to them because we're used to holding on to them, and it's behaviour that we've got used to to being like. We'd mm. like. We're holding on because there's things that we've always done it that way. Mm. And mum's always been there. Mm. That's always been there. That's how I deal with things. And the place where we sometimes feel the, the need to hold on is not actually helpful. But we need to decide that and go, if I do let go, what's making me think I need to hold on? And sometimes that comes from fear because it's the fear of the unknown. Because when you let go, you don't know mm. what you're going to get. Think, oh, now I need to face something that is different than what I'm used to. And I think it's a challenge for all of us to learn how to let go. And sometimes we have past opinions and we can have past opinions about uh, people or about events and we form conclusions around those events and those past things that happen. And we go, okay, now I'm going to lock that into my mind and that's going to be a permanent way of me thinking about that. Now, sometimes those permanent ways of thinking about it because you've locked it in your mind may not be helpful because what happened is we didn't let them go and it would have been better to let them go rather than to hold on to them as if there's some form of validation around them. So some people hold on to events that their brother and sister did or that their mother or father did or that their friend did they go, if my friend did that, then that's what I think. And then they hold on to that thought, don't let it go, and it carries them forward with the pain of what, that, of what happened. So they never get over it. So they stay in the, that bastard or that bitch or that my father did that or what, whatever it is. We carry the pain of that event with us because we haven't learned how to let it go because it validates who we think we are. Mm. So interesting. And the relationships that we have with mum and your mother, sometimes, this is an interesting one I've discovered, some of us men can't learn or don't learn how to let our mothers go. And sometimes our wives are saying, will you let your bloody mother go? Because <laughs> we want you, we need you, we know where you are, but it's time to grow and let your mother go. And sometimes the mother is holding on to the, to the son saying, I don't want to let them go. Because the mother's saying, Oh, if I let my son go, what am I? What am I left with? I don't know the unknown of that because the son is very important to them. So sometimes mother and son, you sometimes see mothers and sons never letting each other go, mm. and, and it's actually not helpful or healthy in the relationship. But if they did let each other go, they could both grow. Mm. It's so interesting because it's like okay, there can still be a very strong and loving connection, but you also can let each other go to become the people that you are as an individual. Because when you're younger, you don't have that opportunity to let go because you don't understand it. And with your parents, you go, oh, when is it time? And sometimes uh, young ones are let go too early, and that's not helpful. Because if they're let go before they're ready, then they fall into all sorts of traps. So, you know, when does a parent know when it's time to let go? And when is it right to let go at certain ways, at smaller ways, bigger ways, at different ways? But sometimes we don't want to create in our children dependency and we don't want to enable. And how do you know when you're enabling? And how do you know when you're 
creating dependency or how do you know when you're helping independence and where you're going to say, no, you can't have that because I know I'll be enabling it. If you want it, go and get it yourself. And in some ways, your mum and dad were a bit firm on you because they said, no, go and get it yourself. They didn't give you a free ride. I could sense that about your dad. He didn't give you a free ride. He was there to support you and help you. But up to a point, he said, no, it's up to you, Mark. Correct. Mm. And, you know, you had to deal with that and face that. With regards to mum and dad, they came out to Australia in the late 60s and 68, I think. And they worked hard. Dad started at Holden's. Mum, she was at uh, HC Slay or something like that and worked uh, at the Grosvenor to help get the mortgage over the line. So she's working, yeah. Worked worked hard, double. With kids and and work, yep. They ended up, Dad ended up on the buses and driving the O-Barns and Mum uh, ended up working at the... South Australian Tertiary Admission Centre and then moved into the uh, Adelaide City Council as the um, Secretary to the, to the Treasurer. And then uh, they they worked real hard, put us through private school. Yeah, you went to the right schools. And, they supported um, you through that. Set us up for uni and in the end both me and Chris ended up going straight into the Defence Force. We joined the, the Royal Australian Navy and then when we got out we both got good jobs and I was managing hotels and Chris got into lots of good stuff as well. Ended up in his own business, driving a linen truck. Quite a lucrative business that was. As for me, I ended up running a, a babysitting agency that turned into a cleaning company and, and was working in hotels where I met my uh, future bride, uh, Tracy, and at Mawson Lakes Hotel. <laughs> the Mawson Lakes Hotel. She was oh, the that's a story chef. to tell about the Mawson Lakes Hotel. <laughs> she was the breakfast chef and I was the night manager. <laughs> the breakfast chef, night manager caught up. <laughs> well, well you know, know what she loved about me? I don't is know, that what's that? She, I'd have to, if when I was awake, sometimes I fell asleep and she's banging on every door trying to get into the hotel. But she reckons that I was the only night manager that greeted her with happiness and was fun to be around. Isn't that exactly who you are, Mark? I think you're right. She probably noticed your energy and your energy was that of of having a laugh first and and not in the place of complaint but in the place of joy and the joy of being alive and the joy of being working. You know why? Why? Even though it was, you know, five or six in the morning when I'd see her and open up, I I knew that it was only a couple more hours before I could start drinking beer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she'd still be working. <laughs> so um, well, you got to have a good reason. <laughs> I ended up leaving Wilson Lakes Hotel and and going full time into the cleaning business. Mm. And as far as Tracy was concerned, I was a very happily married man because I did. I gave the impression that I was in a very happy, healthy marriage. And at the time, and no nobody knew any different to mm. to the and reality. To, and, and and to some probably for some of the time that was the case. So, you know, it's so interesting. But it's the, get- thought, the thought of marriage is yes. different to isn't the that, reality of marriage. Isn't it interesting that that is the case? Often it's what we think we want it to be and we're trying hard for it to be that yeah. way. And it's a bit of a mystery to us, but we actually are in the bubble of the hope that it's okay and it's what we want. So we try and hang in there as long as we can. And the truth of it is it sometimes comes to fruition that maybe there was reasons why we're not in a healthy situation and the relationship is time to move on. And it's an interesting concept, uh, even moving on and thinking that that's what you need to do. The one thing that I think that you found... Because I, I hate I hate creating problems and not fixing them. And not dealing with it. Yeah, dealing that's with good. it. I need to just 
That's who you are. But yeah. one thing I noticed about I knew Tracy for. By the way, I had Tracy to help me. No, no, of course. But she I, kicked I, I, ass. Saw, I saw Tracy yeah. and you together, yeah. and I saw how you had worked together yeah. and how. But what one thing that was noticeable, and I think this is one of those important factors why relationships can work, is because you were friends first. Yeah. And the friendship that I saw and the interaction between the two of you yeah. was you were in many ways digging each other and having fun with each other and making comments that were digs of fun yeah. rather than digs of seriousness. Yeah. And then you would point out each other's silliness in front of me. And I think that's so cute because yeah. the friendship was obvious yeah. because you would laugh at each other and in the laughing of each other and the friendship that you occur with, it's not serious. It's more about the growth that comes from helping each other, understanding each other, forgiving each other, but also acknowledging each other's for each other's strength. And I saw that there was a, a sense of community around what your both goals were. And your both goals were principally to look after your families and to try and survive and get something done where you make a difference at some level. On that note, I wasn't looking to go from one long-term relationship into a no. new long-term no, relationship. No, you weren't. No, I agree. What happened was it was just logical. <laughs> it was organic and yeah. the, uh, the friendship was there. It was just... And, and, and I saw you, I saw you surrender perfect. to that yep. because you, yep. I, there was a moment when I knew you didn't have to surrender yep. to it and you didn't go, and you go, just a minute, this woman is my friend. And then the day you got married, I could sense your pride in your accepting yep. yourself in the relationship, rather than accepting her to you, you accepted yourself to her, which is an entirely different way of looking at it. Because she's a strong woman. She's going to go off and do what she is. She's going to attract whatever she is going to be. But in the way that you then allowed yourself to give up what you thought you were and in your own level of self-importance and go, actually, I love this woman yeah. because yeah. she's actually a beautiful person. You know, person. When, when you say yes to one thing, mm. you say no to everything else, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So whenever you say yes, just make sure you're saying yes to the right things. Exactly. What was the truth about your wedding was I was a marriage celebrant, married mm. 20 people. You can always feel a, a sense of authenticity around whether the relationship is, is mm. sustainable. Mm. And you get the sense, you know, you go, oh, yeah, these people are still working or mm. these people have got somewhere and, you know, yes. how far have they got and all that. Yeah. But. Well, someone, they don't look right. No, no, what are they doing? What are they doing? What the fuck are they doing here? <laughs> we shouldn't be thinking that. But <laughs> what yeah, the I mean, hell are they doing? Do, oh, sorry, I it's, shouldn't swear it's, so it's, much. It's, 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 it's somehow we need to make some of those. Yeah, but sometimes you look at people, you go, what the hell is going well, on? Well, you can, you can right sense here. there is some sort of need going on that's not quite where and oh does she wear the pants does he wear the pants is he going to be a I, I actually start giggling at these <laughs> when, when I see her I think what the hell's going on here man <laughs> Someone, no, we shouldn't be judgmental no, no, I'm, I'm just making I'm just making the point that yeah, yes, that's you right. you, <laughs> a, you actually it's so it's so interesting because I I sense a lot of things because I have a big yeah. sense of perception <laughs> yeah. of this you actually adored her on the day yeah yeah. You were totally absorbed and in love. I'm still I with didn't her take any in, in your adoration I of was, her. I was like It was so beautiful to see you give up give up your uh mm. egotistical like look at your life and to actually see her. On that day. Yeah. On that particular day Tracy 
you know, when the bride comes out and you see them for the first time, I, I thought, oh, yeah, she's just going to come out. <laughs> I can handle this. <laughs> she's going to walk down the aisle and there's some music going. Yeah, I've, I know what to expect. I wasn't expecting anything other than what I was expecting. And then she came out. The the song was Tom Jones, So uh, You Are the Sunshine of My Life. Yeah, I'm beautiful. Be, I was beautiful. Be choked up. Beautiful. But she came out and she looked absolutely stunning and she just spun. She just spun around and her dress just opened up. Yes. And she oh, was so, and she, and she was walking so. She was so happy. So happy. She actually she wanted was, to marry me. Yeah, yeah, that's what you got. I was this, freaking this, out. This proud woman yeah. who had so much uh, like, energy and goodness. There in was her. this woman that left me. He didn't <laughs> give a shit about me, and this summer actually wants to be with me. Yes, it was so and, awesome. And, and you actually get it. Yeah. And you know that she loves you. I'll fucking do anything for that woman. Yeah, that's so beautiful that you know you love her. Which is, <laughs> I'm which, sorry. yeah. Well, you, I, I do what's good but yeah, the, yeah, the place yes. the place no, that, I mean, I'm just saying, no i know my God, there's so nothing lovely. i wouldn't do for it's her it's love it's yeah, love and that's it's that's what that's what governs and guides our lives and you know in <laughs> in some ways when we're talking about marriage and love and all that sorry for swearing so much no no that's swear. beautiful but um yeah, the beach house boys played at my wedding and remember yes. we had the event downstairs at the nightclub mm. uh there in piri mm. street and that was also a very strange. That was an amazing wedding. That's a strange event oh. wedding because I, I decided to do something a little bit different. So mm. Shelley and I said, "No, let's do something a bit different." And again, there was a moment that was created, mm. like your moment that was created. Um, and there was some issues originally at your moment, where after you had this beautiful wedding, you were going to me, and there's was, there was a bit of sweating going on, going. Who's doing the Who's doing the emceeing and who's doing the talking and who's oh. going to bring this together? Oh yeah, you did at the end, and and you you, I said, have you sorted that out? And he goes, mm. not really. And I go, well, you're expecting someone to do something, yeah. and, it, and JP wasn't quite the right person because no, he was no. the sound guy. Yeah. So you go, who's going to get this yeah. working so that the people who are going to do the speeches yeah. do the speeches yeah. and it works because yeah. someone who could bring you on and bring sure. everyone on, yeah. and it wasn't really your role, even though you <laughs> you're the man. Yeah. But it takes that commitment around. Okay, who can bring the vibe into the place? And the vibe needs to be there. Sure. And if the vibe's not there, people feel it because the energy that you feel goes, okay, does this, does, and, and for the, someone to, to be there to enroll others into bringing the story. Yeah, it was forward. beautiful what you did. And that's the place of enrolling others to bring in the story. And it's just a, a, a beautiful moment where everybody's like, oh, what a, you could feel the love in the air. Yeah. And then, like you did at the wedding for Shelly and I. You brought the love in the air, and you think, oh, there's love in this room. It was a good. And it was a good night. Your wedding was amazing because it felt like we're in some downtown New York bar. <laughs> it was only us. Everyone was dressed up. Yeah, um, the dress up was funny, wasn't it? What was the theme? It was seventies uh, again. 70s, Everyone's yes. getting dressed up yep. in crazy seventies. Now, who has a wedding where crazy seventies is on, yep. and it's drinking in a nightclub before Shelley rocks up, and then. We get married, and then immediately the first song that's played is not a wedding song, but Rebel Rebel. Yeah, and so yeah. okay, I said, yeah. hit it, hit it, hit it, and yeah. you're you're the band ready to yeah. hit it, and party is on. Yeah, immediately. So from the time of signing to the time of of partying was thirty seconds. <laughs> and the and the Lord Mayor was there. Lord Mayor was there. It was yeah. just crazy. And we had singing singing from all sorts of people and. And Mots got up and gave a speech, and it was just, it was, uh, yeah, it was lovely mm. and just different. Mm. But the, the difference of it and creating the vibe of that was another uh, place of where the Beach House Boys have influenced my life. Mm. And that was 2017. 
not allowed to remember that. I'm not allowed to figure that out, man. But uh, <laughs> 2017. But yeah, so that's our journey. So you and I have known each other through mm. those moments of important moments where mm. I've assisted you in your wedding, you know, with the car and living next door to you. Ah, uh, thank you, everyone. That was episode four from the wonderful Mark. Uh, we learnt about the beautiful Tracy. Ah, uh, just the love that you can feel in the air. The love at the wedding. Just so beautiful. Ah, uh, he speaks so highly of Tracy. It's just a. Uh, a true way of understanding what true love is. You could really feel it in the air that day. Lovely to hear from Mark on episode four. Now we're so much looking for episode five. Looking forward. Thank you, everyone. That's another episode from Podcast with Paul. Special thanks, everyone. Remember to keep an eye out for our next exciting episode with more fun special guests. Find out more of what we're all about and look up the Laughter Project. Hey everyone, be happy.